0: You know, I got to say something about our worship this morning. When Scott, we talked yesterday afternoon late, and uh, he changed all the songs up and worked up last night a whole different uh, worship set, and they were the perfect songs. I was I was watching some online, and, and people were asking, you know, what was that second song? And uh, hopefully somebody's already posted a link to what that song is. We're going to be singing more of that song because this story has an empty grave, and you're gonna catch me singing when the springtime comes. I just, that powerful, powerful song. Um, I also love the Holy Spirit song there, right right before this message, because we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, because we're talking about the book of Acts today, and the book of Acts is a book about the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna get there. If you wanna go ahead and find the book of Acts in your Bible, or I think it's chapter 28 uh, in this book, if you wanna find that, uh, go ahead. But first, we're gonna talk shoes because I got some new shoes on today, and none of you are here to see them. Can we, can we, like, switch cameras or something? I mean, look at these new shoes. They're looking good. I am fashionable and in style today. And it took a lot of convincing for my wife to convince me to buy these shoes, even though you probably all own a pair like them. And let me explain why. <laughs> because when it comes to new trends, like fashion trends, cultural trends, uh, technology trends, There's usually people, we usually fall into one of two camps. We're either late adopters or early adopters. I am squarely in the late adopter camp, and I married an early adopter. But, and you probably know right now which one you are. Like, the early adopters are the pioneers, they're the trailblazers. They're the ones that, like, they're on the front end of any new trend, anything that's coming along. Like, they were the early adopters were the first to embrace skinny jeans. Uh, they were the first to wear yoga pants as business casual. Um, <laughs> they were the first to download TikTok and, and Snapchat. I mean, they're, like, they're on the cutting edge. The late adopters, we need a lot more time. Uh, we need a lot more convincing. A lot more people need to get on the bandwagon before we are comfortable getting on the bandwagon. It took me 10 years to buy a flat bill cap and uh, i still don't wear it much uh, at least not in public and TikTok, i've not downloaded and snapchat i can't figure out snapchat i ask my kids all the time like what half pictures of your face back and forth like there's no work like what are you doing i don't i it's just i know i'm showing my age but i totally can't figure out snapchat but i'm a late adopter and i married an early adopter and we went shopping last week and she was showing me all these shoes and uh, th- this is, I didn't buy the most fashionable ones, actually. I bought the safest ones because she was like, You, know, you gotta buy this. This is, this is in style. This is great. And I'm like, I know, I know you're right. I know it's in style, but like, I almost need it going out of style before I'm comfortable jumping on the style. That's like, I'm just, I'm 10, 15 years behind every uh, fashion trend out there. But um, occasionally, occasionally I come around. And one recent example, and Ty, you're gonna have to do my slides because I forgot my. I forgot my remote, so you just kind of follow along with me. But one recent example was Venmo. I know a lot of you guys have uh, Venmo. And it's a, it's a money-sending app, if you don't know what it is. But my, my wife, when Venmo came out, she downloaded it, and, and she started preaching it to me, like, oh, you got to get Venmo. This is awesome. You tie it to your bank account. You can send people money. There's no fees. I mean, it's way easier than, than cash or checks. I mean, it's just awesome. Just get Venmo. And I'm like, no way. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take some app and connect it to my bank account. And, and there's a social media aspect to Venmo. So it's like, why do people need to know, why, like, why does an emoji need to be attached to, to me giving money to somebody? Like, I just don't, no, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. And uh, more and more people began to download it, and more and more people started to use it. And so I started to soften just a little bit. Like, I would, I would ask my wife, I would ask Jenny to send Venmo for me like, hey, uh we just got done with pitching lessons. Can you Venmo Ashley some money? And of course, you know, she roll her eyes and send the money. Uh or I, you know, sometimes I started texting her. Like after I get my hair cut, I would text her and say, Can you Venmo Jill? I just got my hair cut. And uh of course she'd roll her eyes and be like, Why don't you just download it? Why don't you get your own Venmo and stop asking me to do it? And that's Honestly, some of you spouses need your own Facebook because you've been doing that with Facebook. Like, I ain't going to download Facebook. But you look at your spouse's Facebook all the time. I know. I, so, uh, so eventually, eventually, uh, Jenny was out of town for some reason. I don't know. For some reason, I couldn't get a hold of her. And so I downloaded Venmo, and I attached it to my bank account, and I sent some money on my own. And it was awesome. I mean, it was so, I was like, oh, this is great. This is like, so like you can hide the social media feed if you don't want to, but honestly, I love the social media feed. So it's like, this is great. And I mean, I, I love Venmo. And so I started telling people, I started running to folks like, oh, you got to get Venmo. If you've not got Venmo yet, you got to get Venmo. I mean, recently I researched whether or not the church could get Venmo because I was like, this would be such an easy way to give if we could just Venmo, and you can't, by the way, just, just for reference, but the church can't get it yet. But I mean, I was like, this is so great. Last night I was like, in 2021, no more checks. Like, I'm not writing a check to anybody in 2021. They got to get Venmo if they want to get paid. You know, if anybody working, they got to get Venmo. That's the only way I'm going to do it. You know, like, I, I moved in a matter of weeks. I moved from skeptic to evangelist. And the reason I'm talking about all this stuff is because that's the whole story of the book of Acts. People moved from skeptic to evangelist Quickly in the book of Acts. Now we forget that because we're so familiar with the story and the church grew so fast and so boldly and so, you know, big during that time that we forget every character in the book of Acts is a former skeptic who became an evangelist. The book of, I mean, it's like stories full of guys like Thomas who said, I will not believe it until I see it. I want to touch the nail holes in his hands before I'll believe it. Or, or stories like, you know, the rest of the disciples, they all disappeared. At the end of the gospel this last week, when you read that uh, the crucifixion of Jesus, at his arrest, they all took off running. Peter and John were the only two that followed. Peter ended up denying Christ when he followed. And then after the death of Christ and right before the resurrection, they're all in an upper room hiding. What's going through their mind? Is this really the Messiah? We staked our life on this, and now we're going to lose our lives as a result of this. And, I mean, you got Paul in the gospel. Of Acts. Paul's not just a skeptic. Paul is an opponent, but all through the book of Acts, as you read this this week, all through, it's stories of skeptics becoming evangelists. And why? What happened? What happened that caused people who were skeptical of these claims that Jesus is the Messiah, or even outright opponents of the claims that Jesus is the Messiah, what caused them to move from that position to one as a sold-out evangelist willing to lay down their lives for him? as the Messiah. You're going to read, it's chapter 28 as you're reading this week, or if you just want to, if you don't have the story book and you just want to follow on your Bible, uh, just read the book of Acts. It's, I think it's 28, 29 chapters or something like that. It won't take you long to read it. It's the story of, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. So it's the story of the apostles after the resurrection of Jesus. What happened? The beginning of the church, if you will. And there's two principal characters in it. There's Peter and there's Paul. So the first 15 chapters is the story of Peter, and then like chapter 8 through the end of the book is the story of Paul. There's a little bit of overlap there. And next week, we're going to look at the story of Paul. So this week, I want to concentrate a little bit on the story of Peter, because I think Peter is one of the most fascinating characters um, in the New Testament. He is, he's a fisherman who's called by Jesus to be one of his disciples, so he leaves his fishing profession and begins to follow this rabbi around. And when you read Peter's story, he's, he's rash, uh, he's, he's decisive, uh, he's bold, uh, he's a little impulsive. Like Peter was the first to climb out of the boat when Jesus was walking on the water. I mean, think about that. I mean, Jesus walking on the water, Peter, everybody else is scared. And Peter's like, can I come? He's the first to get out of the boat and walk on the water towards jesus and he famously failed in that attempt but he got out of the boat i mean who else is getting out of the boat he was the the one that ran to the tomb in last week's story and blew past john and went in the tomb to see see what the resurrection looked like i mean he was um he was he was the one that said you know when jesus said who do people say i am he said you're the christ the son of the living god and then when jesus said i got to go to jerusalem and die peter said no you don't you ain't gonna do that I mean, just think about this guy. He's so, he just says what he's thinking. He's so impulsive and, and, and decisive, and sometimes it got him in trouble. And one of the famous stories of, of Peter getting in trouble is when I think Peter got as close to being a skeptic as he ever got. And it was when, right after the arrest of Jesus, Peter followed him, and uh, this, Jesus was going on trial, and they were gathered around a fire, and people started recognizing Peter. And they started asking him, like, you know Jesus. You know this rabbi that's on trial, right? And Peter, went, no, I don't. And uh, you know, you're, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? You're one of his followers. We've seen you with him. And he's, no, I don't. And Peter famously three times denied Christ. And it says that after he realized what he had done, and Jesus looked at him. I mean, Jesus predicted it, but he saw Jesus. After he'd realized what he'd done, Peter wept bitterly. And can you imagine how difficult it was to overcome something like that? I mean, just, I mean, can you imagine his emotions in the days between the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus? They had to be all over the place. The Bible doesn't say much about it, other than they were hiding in a room for fear. But can you imagine the despair he's feeling, the sadness he's feeling, the guilt, the remorse, the shame that he's feeling over denying Jesus? I mean, he was the one that said even if everybody else goes, I'll be with you. Everybody else can fall away. I will not fall away. And he fell away. I mean, Judas killed himself over it. I mean, think about the weight of that. Judas could not overcome it. And Peter, we know the story, did overcome it. But you contrast that image of Peter and I wonder if he started having doubts at that time. I don't know. It does, doesn't say that in there. I'm just wondering you know, if Peter started doubting. like, is, Was he really the one? Was he really who he said he was? Was he really the Christ, the Son of the living God? But you contrast that Peter at the, at the death of Jesus with the Peter that we read about in the first 15 chapters of Acts. And he's a different guy. He is a different guy. He's still bold. He's still impulsive. He's still de- decisive. But he is absolutely sold out to Jesus. I mean, he completely and truly sold out to Jesus. There's no confusion, there's no fear, there's no skepticism. He is a sold out evangelist. And there's plenty of stories in there about that. The favorite one, my favorite one, is Acts chapter 4. And I want to take you through that one just a little while this morning. But in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are on their way to the temple. And on the way to the temple, there's a man who's been lame from birth, and he, he calls out for some help, some money. And Peter says, I'm not going to give you that, but I'm going to give you back your ability to walk. And so Peter, in the name of Jesus, heals this beggar. And uh, everybody knew who the beggar was. And so the word just like instantly, rapidly spreads. The thing you know goes, goes spreading through the community. And um, they, all these people come. To Peter and John in Solomon's colonnade, like in the middle of the temple. All these people are coming, and they want to hear. You know, who is this? By what power? What is going on? You know, who? What has gotten into this fisherman that used to follow the Rabbi Jesus? What is going on? And um, the religious authorities catch wind of it, and of course they feel threatened, and so they arrest Peter and John, and they take them before them to question them. And that's where we'll pick up the story in verse seven. It says, uh, well, right here, they had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He doesn't sound scared anymore, does he? He doesn't sound confused anymore. There's no hesitation there's no, there's no worry about, you know, there's no fear. Remember just before, moments before, days, months before, he was, he was hiding in fear. That's gone. And the leaders noticed it. Look at verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You remember a couple weeks ago, what was the primary reaction that people had to Jesus? Astonishment, amazement. What's the primary reaction that people have to people who've been around Jesus? Astonishment. They're amazed at this courage that Peter has because this this Simon the fisherman, he's he's not a theologian. He's not one of our religious scholars. He doesn't have the education. He doesn't have the credentials. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the power. But something's different about this man. What's different about this man? He's been with Jesus. They're opponents of Jesus, but they cannot argue that this man has been with Jesus. This is an ordinary man that has changed. And so they did all they could do. They said, well, okay, uh, just stop talking about it. <laughs> like they, they don't tell him to like stop following Jesus himself. They're not going to stop Peter, and they're not going to stop John. They just say, okay, well, just ca- can you keep it quiet? Can you just not stir up the people? And so uh, verse 18, they called them in again. Look at this, this is the end of the story. They called them in again and, and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And that last verse there, verse 20. That's a little summary of the book of Acts. All throughout the book of Acts, the people who had been with Jesus couldn't help speaking about what they had seen and heard. And the people who were opponents to Jesus couldn't stop them from speaking about what they had seen or heard. And you say, why? What happened? What was different? What made, what made Peter so bold? What made him change? What made him move from a skeptic to an evangelist? Did it just become enough of a trend? Did enough people get on the bandwagon that finally he was ready to become an evangelist? No, the, the, the answer is in the first verse that I read to you, chapter 4, verse 8. And you may have to skip ahead with these, tied up to, to find this. But chapter 4, verse 8, the answer's right there. It says, then Peter, notice that phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a theme throughout the book of Acts. Before the disciples are told to go and tell the story of Jesus, Jesus tells them to wait on the Holy Spirit. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, wait on the Holy Spirit, and when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Samaria and and all the ends of the earth. But wait on the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, like, when you read chapter 28 this week, take a highlighter and highlight every time you see the word Holy Spirit. It's on nearly every page. And when you read through the book of Acts, you can do the same thing in your Bible if you want to. It's on nearly every page. In the NIV, there's 40-something references to the Holy Spirit because every story of conversion, the Holy Spirit's in the middle of it. Every story of boldness or courage, the Holy Spirit's in the middle of it. And the Holy Spirit, listen, I know we, we, churches have a tendency to make this weird okay i understand and and there's a lot of confusion you know that king james used to call it the holy ghost and that made it weird and confusing the holy spirit's not weird the holy spirit is simply god with us that's it just think of it in that term if you'll think of jesus as the physical representation of god jesus was god in the flesh it's god entering his creation he's the visible image of an invisible god Jesus gave us the Spirit after he left, and the Spirit is just a spiritual representation of God. It's not visible to us. We can't see it necessarily, but he's with us. He lives within us. Whenever somebody professes Christ through baptism, they they profess to Christ to not only forgive sins, but also to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit's with us always. And if you want to know why people change, If you want to know why people move from skeptic to evangelist, or why people have you know such calm and peace in the midst of all—I mean, there's there's chaos in our country right now, not just with COVID, but the election this last week and all of this stuff—but yet you see some people just responding with a peace and and a a, a calm and a stillness and a hope and a faith, and you're like, what is different about them? It's the spirit. That's, it's, it's, it's God with us, it's us recognizing his presence. God is always with us, we don't always recognize his presence. But we stop long enough to recognize his presence, that's what it is. Like I, this week I was researching, like why do people move from skeptic to evangelist with church? Like why do people go from not believing in Jesus to believing in Jesus, or maybe not following Jesus but following Jesus, or not being church people to being church people? Because we, we've all heard stories like that. Or maybe that's your story, you went from being a skeptic to an evangelist in a matter of days? Why do people do that? And, and I found some research that said, you know, Craig Groeschel said, well, they do it for one of two reasons, inspiration or desperation. That's why people, you know, get back active in faith or come back to church, inspiration or desperation. Inspiration, either there's some kind of life change, a positive life change, like you have a baby, um, you get a new job, you move to a new town, you, you graduate high school or college, um, you, you get married, like there's some life change, something happens, and you're just inspired to like, it's time to get it together, like it's time, like I, I, I want to I get back involved in faith, and so you're inspired to, to follow Christ. Um, other times, it's desperation, you know, it's, you lost a job, uh, you lost a, a spouse or a marriage, uh, you lost uh, a loved one, sometimes tragically or there's a diagnosis that you received or there's some kind of tragedy or, or difficulty was introduced into your life and out of desperation you're like I need some hope and I need some faith and and you start looking to to Christ for that and I think Groeschel's right it's inspiration or desperation but I think if Luke was going to enter the conversation Luke wrote Acts by the way I think Luke would say you're missing one the Holy Spirit <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the primary reason we move from skeptic to evangelist like you know if you'll think about your story those of you that were skeptics and now you're kind of more sold out on jesus it, the holy spirit was active in that and if you love somebody that's a skeptic right now you know if you've got a son or a daughter or a friend or a husband or whatever that's a skeptic right now they're like i just don't know if i buy this whole jesus thing at one i would say well read the new testament because you're in good company a lot of his closest disciples didn't know if they bought the whole thing it took the resurrection to convince them but also know that if you've been praying for somebody that's in this situation also know that the holy spirit is with them that the holy spirit's working in their lives the holy spirit's working on their hearts and we don't know the fruit of what that ends up being but the holy spirit doesn't leave it's at work even when we don't think it even when we start to doubt it i'll tell you a story real quick and then i'm gonna wrap up but um I don't even have it in my notes because I meant to cut it today simply for time, but I want to tell it. Um, about a month ago, I did a a, a funeral for uh, a lady who, who passed away. Many many of you know us, Doreen Sisko. I can say the name. Um, and it was in Hornwald at the Methodist Church. And then afterwards and they limited the capacity they let like 50 people come to the funeral and then they invited a lot of friends and family to come to the graveside because of covid and so after it we went down to grave cemetery which is on sinking creek in hornwald you'll never find that Uh, you'll have to google it to find it it's out in the country it's way out there and uh, it was a beautiful setting I mean, like, it was just, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, the, the, the trees were changing colors just a little bit, and there was hills, and, you know, we're, we're just standing out there in the country, and all these friends and family are gathered. And so I, I asked them to gather around, and uh, I said, we're going we're gonna to take a moment of silence for Doreen. And um, before I said this, there was just a little wind blowing. Like, there was just a little bit of, of wind. And so we're going to take a moment of silence for Doreen. And uh as we take this moment of silence, I want you to feel the wind. So as as you're as you're quietly just sitting here, take in the beauty of this place. If you want to leave your eyes open and look at this, that's fine, but just take in the beauty of this place. But I want you to feel the wind and feel that being God with us. And uh and it was you know, a little bit of wind right before we started. And so I started the prayer. I had that idea, started the prayer, and when I got to the moment of silence, the wind stopped. And I was, I was like, I was having a little mini panic attack in the moment of silence, going, why did the wind stop? You know, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was blowing. I, I felt it. I felt it right before it was blowing, and why, why did it stop? And I was just, I was kind of sitting there going, Where, where's the wind? Where's the wind? You know, and right before I interrupted to, to pray, just a, a gentle breeze blew. Just right, just right before. It <laughs> And, you know, afterwards, somebody said to me, like, oh, man, that was, you know, that that was really powerful for me to think about God in that way. And and they had no idea that I was having a little panic attack about the wind not blowing after I told them to feel God through the wind. And um, I later thought, you know, isn't that, isn't that kind of how it works right now? Like, we know he's there, and we proclaim it, and we say it, but we can't always feel it, and so we have a little panic attack. Like, where's God? Where's God, where's God in all this? Where, where, where did he go? What happened? He hadn't gone anywhere. You just have to trust that he's there. You have to trust that he's there, and he will always be there with us. He was there at the beginning. I'm talking about the beginning of the church. He was there at the beginning of the church, and he'll be there throughout the church. One thing that, got, that Jesus promised is no one will ever overcome his church. So the church will survive. It'll survive having to shut down a Sunday or two. It'll survive the election. It'll survive everything that goes on in our world around us. God's people will survive because the Holy Spirit is with them. So as you read through the book of Acts today, I challenge you to look for the Spirit and to be reminded that just as God's Spirit was with the first Christians, His Spirit is with the 21st Christians century christians and may that give us confidence may that give us courage may that give us boldness but may it also give us peace and comfort to know that god is with us i'm going to say a word of prayer for us as we as we close out uh, our our service today i do want to mention one last thing and it's uh, today we were going to introduce this evening of worship and i just want to mention it so you'll put it on the calendars uh, november 22nd we're having an evening of worship uh, here at the building. It's uh, Sunday night, and it's for us to close out the story. Like November 22nd the last message in the story. We've only got two weeks after this week. And um, we're going to close out the story by coming together and having a night of worship because Scott and Tiffany have done such a great job of choosing songs throughout this series that have been per- fit perfectly with what they're reading. Today was no exception. And we're just going to get together and sing some of those songs together and, and just worship God for who he is so uh stay tuned um to your emails and social media and all we'll let you know about what's going to happen next sunday but let me pray for us as we uh say goodbye today let's pray father i'm thankful for uh your word i'm thankful for um our our ministry staff and those that work so hard at making sundays happen i'm thankful for our tech team thankful for the technology we have but most of all god thankful for your spirit and um I don't always recognize your spirit. Um, sometimes wonder if it's there, and sometimes have the panic attacks about where did it go and where are you and those things. But uh, you're always with us. We believe that because your word teaches it, and we know that your word is true. And so I pray that you help me to live that out in my life, and help the fruits of the spirit be evident in my life. That that uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I pray that those things be evident in our country, in our church, in our community, and in the individual lives of our believers, that we would be people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. May it be so, God. Amen.